there's definitely a whole lot more people coming into the city, a whole lot more defined spaces. So five years ago, you wouldn't have known where the Mozambican quarter was, you know, but now it's definite from this road up until that road, you know, which is for me is a cool thing. I, I think it, it just adds value to what Joburg is. And that's a cosmopolitan city that's made up of people from all over, people with different ideas of what, how, how they interact and move through the city. African cities are many different things and I think you know a lot of times we we think of African cities we think of a place like Lagos sprawling disorganized informal and that's clearly part of the story but if we, what we're seeing is is as Africans move to cities as many people leave the land move away from farming cities are growing so we're getting the we're getting the Lagoses these gigantic sprawling metropolises but we're also getting small cities couple hundred thousand, two hundred thousand. I think for me, you know, African cities are, are, are just like spaces elsewhere where people aspire to be, to improve their families, where people, where people take their kids to school and hope that they will become something, where people move to try and find um, sort of a community, to try and find economic opportunity. It's a place of dreams appreciating the city for what it is. But what is that? I once heard a storyteller describing the city as one giant festival where crowd control is most of the time futile nor necessary. Today we look at the nature of this festival as it manifests into Nairobi, Marrakesh, and of course Joburg. All this on I Know What You're Thinking with me, Kahisom Nisi. Know what you're thinking? Yet another ineffectual talk shop about urbanization in Africa. But stop right there for a second. Cities that you and I live in are complex things, where language defines the rules of engagement. We look into the forces that make up this language, and for that, there's no better place than to start than the streets of Josie itself. Hi, my name is Kwas Ruet. I'm a poet, writer, artist, activist based out in the inner city of Johannesburg. Um, the city has been my bread and butter, man, like for the last 13, 14 years, really. You know, I've been in and out of the city, um, coming in, doing shows, doing activations, doing workshops with kids, um, doing performances, public performances out on the pavement, you know. Um, Joburg for me, it has a very special place in my heart, mostly because as a, a writer or a creative, content-wise, I'm always going crazy for what I see and what I can, can, can mine out of here. Um, but also just in terms of the energy, you know, if you go to different sections and different blocks, how the energy changes and how the demographic changes and how the language changes and how the food and, and the culture changes as you move along, you know. Um, over the last few years, actually over the last 10 years, the one thing that I have noticed is uh, there's definitely a whole lot more people coming into the city, a whole lot more defined spaces. So five years ago, you wouldn't have known where the Mozambican quarter was, you know, but now it's definite from this road up until that road, you know, um, which is for me is a cool thing. I, I think it, it just adds value to what Joburg is. And that's a cosmopolitan city that's made up of people from all over, people with different ideas of what, how, how they interact and move through the city. Um, also, a very strong police presence you know um, for me personally I know that because I'm constantly being stopped and harassed by the police and asked for papers um, I don't know why but um, uh, the, the, the community policing guys they definitely you, you see them a lot more 
they're a lot more heavy-handed as well you know um, I've seen them take old women by the by the skirt and drag them off you know um, I've also seen them take people's fruits and vegetables and I mean that's something that the city has been known for you know I haven't seen that which is weird I haven't seen that as much as I used to in the past um, where metro cops come in and, and take take stock and things like that from people but you do definitely see people being stopped searched asked for paperwork and for me I always um, I always raise a little bit of an eyebrow because I, I, I don't even know where, where that begins and where it ends you know like sometimes you find that it's a South African that's being stopped sometimes it's a Nigerian being stopped and for me it's like what the hell leave people be you know um, obviously you have to deal with things like immigration laws and I think that's what they're trying to, to clamp down on you know but for me there's also a different way or a different approach that can be taken you know less heavy-handed um, a little more more subtle you know and also allow for people to if their, their, their status is ambiguous, really allow for people to sort that out as opposed to grabbing them on the street, shoving them in a van, and then, um, you know, dragging them off to, to Lindela. So Joburg, storied with misogynoir, fables of hustling, tassel for space, forceful removals, I'm from here and you are not. Where's everybody going? and so fast that's one of the things i think that irks me about the city in general you know it's just the fact that also the 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 the, the, the patience Joburg is a fast-paced city there isn't a lot of patience you know but in terms of also dealing with people that we perceive as other from outside you know there isn't a lot of patience and um i mean like in the last what is this now in the last few months there's been this energy of like us and them again you know the immigrants and the South Africans and 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 this is gonna happen to the immigrants and you know the South Africans are, are okay don't worry you know so those lines are being drawn constantly you know um, for me that's the silliest thing ever because the city itself is based on people coming here migrant labor you know people coming from elsewhere to make money and to work in these companies and the mines back in the day you know um, so it's really just a continuation of that this is the 2017 version of 1950 you know um, but unfortunately we now we now have a situation where the lines are being drawn and people are using legislation and law to say those are them and this is us you know and for me that's a little worrying because you 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 you, you you're dealing with the soul of the city or the nature of, of of this entire space you know and you're busy you're busy basically picking at things that i feel should be left alone i almost cursed you know <laughs> but i feel um it should be left left alone and, and handled differently don't come in and scare people and also don't rile up people or pander to people's um you know nonsense xenophobic um, um notions people's ideas of foreigners this foreigners that you know i think it's 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 um it's definitely it's worrying for me because i don't know where does it end you know where does it end once the foreigners are taken out what's the difference between uh, only south africans and slechts blankers it's the exact same concept you know um but like i said you're dealing with a bigger issue because you're dealing with migration laws and immigration laws. Um, you take that into account as well. But for me personally, as an artist and a person that's been in the city, I can appreciate the city for what it is with absolutely everyone. Because they add, um, you know, one stroke of paint to that, that painting, which is Johannesburg. How do you think the mayoral office is writing Joburg currently? The current, current um, mayoral office is... Look, their intentions are brilliant, you know, 
I think everybody wants to, to live in a clean space. Everybody wants to live in a space that's controlled, that's crime-free. Um, but, you know, it's, 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 I don't think the ends would justify the means, ultimately, you know, because what you're doing is you're dealing with humans. You're dealing with, with, with people with different, different reasons, different um, motivations why they are here, you know? And um, to just say, throw a blank statement like immigrants or, 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 or foreigners is problematic. You know, it's, it's extremely problematic because what it does is beyond what you are trying to do, it also stokes that hatred on the floor. You know, and it gives people reason to think that, oh, but it's okay to then be xenophobic and to then say, oh, no, foreigners must leave or whatever, without taking into account that these very foreigners that you're referring to might actually be here legally, you know. But when you say things like foreigners, it becomes a problem. It becomes a, a big problem. I'm, I'm more worried about, about the mayor uttering these things than excited about what Joburg might look like once all of this work is done you know um, I'd rather have him sit back and think and, 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 and approach this a little differently but the idea of foreigners are the problem no foreigners are not the problem <laughs> you know criminality is the problem South Africans are criminals as well you know South Africans live in hijacked buildings as well South Africans are hijacking buildings as well so you need to deal with the problem which is criminality and not foreigners So we get you, Joburg. Uh, kinda. One thing's for sure. The framing of this painting is a paradoxical minefield where the story of officials battles for space with that of ordinary Joburgers. To blow it up a bit more, we also spoke to members of academia, husband and wife Professor Lauren Landu and Professor Caroline Wanjiku Kihato. African cities are many different things. And I think, you know, a lot of times we, we think of African cities, we think of a place like Lagos, sprawling, disorganized, informal, and that's clearly part of the story. But if we, what we're seeing is, is as Africans move to cities, as many people leave the land, move away from farming, cities are growing. So we're getting the, we're getting the Lagoses, these gigantic, sprawling metropolises, but we're also getting small cities, a couple hundred thousand 200,000. I think what, what brings them all together, though, is generally they are growing without much planning, at least not planning from the city itself. They're growing. There are cities that are kind of do-it-yourself urbanism. People coming in, building, finding spaces, setting up their own regulatory systems, their own services. To me, that is, is what characterizes an African city. I think that for me, African cities are like cities elsewhere. And I think a lot of my work tries to pr um, project that. We often think of African cities as these spaces that are chaotic and um, unruly, that have significant amounts of um, crime and unemployed people, and basically where, where rules and regulations have, have gone missing. Um, but I think for me, you know, African cities are 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 just like spaces elsewhere, where people aspire to be to improve their families, where people where people take their kids to school, and hope that they will become something, where people move to try and find um, sort of a community to try and find economic opportunity. It's a place of dreams um, and a place where where people re either realize them sometimes 
or sometimes fail to do so. And and so if you look at it from that perspective, you understand that, you know, you you get that cities are just like places elsewhere where London, Paris, New York is just as 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 um they're just as as important or they're just as uh similar to spaces like Nairobi, Johannesburg, um Lagos. They're places where people come and try and try out their dreams and hope to and hope to succeed. Professor Kihato has written a book titled Migrant Women of Johannesburg: Everyday Life in an In-Between City. The book concerns the stories and experiences of 11 migrant women from 10 African countries, from Nigeria to Tanzania, who cross borders overland, eventually gaining entry into South Africa through Mozambique and Zimbabwe. The in-betweenness comes from a number of factors. First, um, the women that I was looking at were migrants from other parts of the continent. They came from Nigeria, from Cameroon, from Zimbabwe, Mozambique. Um, Uganda, etc., and um, a lot of them found themselves in this w- in this what I call in the book le- legal limbo. They were um, they might have some of them might have had um, asylum status, but their refugee determination hadn't been decided, and so they were living in wait of a pro- you know of of legal status in the in the city, um, and were unable to participate really fully in in this in the city's economy in in the city's social sort of life because they found themselves in this precarious legal status um the second aspect of in betweenness is is something that i found peculiar when i when i started doing my research on these women is that i would ask them you know do you mind after after an interview i would ask them do you mind if i could come back and 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 talk to you and follow up on your story and that of more more often than not tell me you know i won't be i won't be around um I, you know I'm, i i expect to be away to be leaving next week and so it was as if that they lived in this um uh suspended state where they romanticized their back home where they've come from um and and they saw themselves as being somewhere else more often than not it was in north america or um in in europe and and so this was the in between um state that they found themselves so that's how that's why i i i coined that uh phrase as a festival that we spoke of earlier the city of johannesburg is a stuff of a dark comedy with fitting characters gangsters Ingabi, fallists, activists, real estate agents, every clan gives rise to a ruling class. You can ask that to any of, of the city's millions of residents and you're mm. going to get a different answer. Mm. For some people, the city is managed extremely well. Not because it's well run by some kind of World Bank metric of efficiency and whatever, but because people are here, you can make money. Whether you're a property developer or a gangster, either end of that spectrum, this is a city that works, can work for you. For the everyday person, it's often a very difficult city. I mean, it, it is undeniably dangerous for many people, uh, especially the poor who can't afford their own security, their own... Uh, and it's, but it is still, it's a, it's a place of possibility. And I always say Johannesburg is a, is, it represents possibility amidst precarity. There's a question of, of managed by who? 
So when of, when often when we hear that question, we we think that we think of city urban authorities, we think of councillors and mayors, and bylaws and how those um, are implemented across um, a city. And what we find in in cities like Johannesburg is that a lot of regulation, a lot of management happens at a very local level. So take for example. Um, street trading, um, which according to a lot of bylaws, uh, according to city bylaws, is, is illegal in certain places. But it, you find that it's managed and, and very, very carefully regulated and managed in, in, in those spaces. So there's a, there's a leader, there's someone who allocates space, there's someone who, who's, who receives the, fun, the money from people who have rented that, that space. And, and this happens all outside of um, urban authorities. Um, and so as are African cities managed? Yes, they are. Are they managed by the people we think should be managing them, whether you think that it should be communities or gangsters or, uh, you know, and it's, uh, representative officials? Um, that's the tussle. That's the tussle of power, and 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 oftentimes in 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 African cities, it's about who's regulating what when, you know, who's got more power to regulate urban space and how people behave in a particular area, and and you know that's where we we the struggle is really. Okay, some of you might have come across headlines about unjust policies such as frisk and search, broken windows in New York, or even colonial law that prohibits same-sex relations in Dar es Salaam, all of it underpinned by language meant to oppress. Again, the tyranny of language, as Quaz pointed out earlier. We've seen it in Johannesburg for a long time, but you see it in a lot of other African cities where there is a language of urban planning which has been inherited from a colonial enterprise, which is one of separation, of regulation, of control. It's It's an approach to cities which does not see them as the kind of dynamic, fluid, sometimes a bit chaotic, but certainly very diverse and and slightly organic spaces that they are when they work well. And what we've seen, whether it's it's going back to Amos Masondo or even to Park Staube just before, there's always been a deep unease with the kind of flexibility that South Africans and others bring to Johannesburg. There's also an unease with the high levels of crime, with the fact that people are living in, in buildings that are obviously not fit for human consumption or residence. There are, there's an unease with some of the degree of, of illegal trading, tax evasion, cable theft. Those are, are obviously things that almost everyone would agree are problematic. But there's an unease with the way in which people are making the city for themselves. And, and the language of cleaning it up appeals to, a, a, I think not just a, a sort of elite. I think there's a lot of people in the city, both rich and poor, who think it should be run in a way that is very straightforward, very organized, everyone in their place, everyone following the rules. We could probably do it a little bit more uh, rule following, certainly on the roads, you know, but uh, certainly among the taxis. But, you know, that's not what we're talking about. What, what this is really is, is a mechanism of regulating the poor, of saying either they should stay out and if they're going to come in, they should work for the, the benefit of those who are here who can afford to live in orderly, clean, sort of secure spaces. 
Joburg City is built on tears as much as it is on dreams. So what's your dream for Joburg? My dream for Johannesburg is that anybody who comes here, whether they're coming from rural South Africa or from another part of um, the continent or elsewhere for that matter, my dream is that those individuals that come in the hope of finding security if they're fleeing um, insecurity in their own uh, countries or um, in in search of better economic opportunities, better ways of um, bringing up their children. Um, Maybe they're coming for improved, you know, for health health care. My dream is that everybody coming to the city is able to realize their dreams. Um, for security, their dreams for economic opportunity, their dreams for realizing their their own um, children's and their children's children's um, futures, and and if we could do that, um, Johannesburg would be the city of the future because it helps people become um, or see their future in it. My dream for Johannesburg. <sighs> I mean, I think I would share in some ways what what Caroline has said, that a a city exists for itself, but more so it exists for the people who live there. But I think Johannesburg also represents something very distinct for South Africa, but even for the rest of the continent, which is a space of hope, which is a a place of opportunity. It is Johannesburg and the area immediately around it represents something like 10% or produces 10% of sub-Saharan Africa's GDP. This is the center of things. This is a place where lives, companies, projects should be built. And Johannesburg, the Johannesburg I'd like to see is a place that encourages that. Not just the building of, of roads and, and stock exchanges, but the building of collaborations, of new networks, of new ways of being, of certain types of freedom for people who are persecuted because of their religion, their their sexuality, their political opinions. This city should be about enabling those people to make it to the future, to build something different, to escape what they've wanted to leave behind and, and to, to, to move forward. And I think the city, if it does that, will capture that energy, that enthusiasm, and, and really continue to be this kind of the, the center of, of the continent. True, Joburg is as complex as they come, just like any other city. And clearly, language furthers that complication as it tries to incentivize those of us who walk and live in the city. Maybe if administrators walked the city as we do, their language of incentives wouldn't have so many gaps as it does. I'm Kahis Omnisi. You've been listening to I Know What You're Thinking. And that's a wrap. This poem is Concrete Suffocation from my book, The Orange Book, Volume 2, published in 2009. Taxi driver eloquence. Hunt for the red robot. Now skip it. The city breathes. Breeze street fumes. Skyscrapers speak up. Abandoned dialect. Noord street funk. Bootleg your soul. Fruits and veggies. Metro police do the dance with immigrants. The city breathes. Blood dries on shiny tiles. Park station nightmare. Lifeless onlookers gawk. The city breathes.